Hey everybody, welcome to the PC Perspective Podcast. This is episode 414 being recorded on August 24th, 2016. I'm Ryan Shrout. I'm Jeremy Hellstrom. I'm Josh Walrath. And I'm Alan Malmontano. You didn't do the pattern. You didn't follow the pattern. Everybody else went in the pattern. I gotta be different. No one expected Alan's part of the No Fun League. No one expects the Spanish Inquisition. Uh, So I'm back! From outer space? Yeah. No, where's all the clapping and shit? Come on. Well, I got you have the clap. You brought it back yourself. (laughs) It was QuakeCon. I'm here for at least to this week and probably next week. So there's that. All right. I'll be here next week, too. All right. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Uh, Welcome to the show, everybody. Um, Sorry I was gone. Uh, Three weeks of travel. And did I miss all three weeks of the show? Well, I did. No, you missed no we did QuakeCon. Yeah. Because it was a QuakeCon. And then it was in England. And then uh, uh, San Stan, Francisco. San Francisco. For IDF. I was learning about, I was watching Zen be demoed. And that's what it was. And that's obviously one of our key topics for tonight's key. show. Uh, before we get into all that, I want to make sure to remind everybody we do record the show uh, so that you can listen to it later. And then we stream that recording live on the internet at pcpro.com slash live. Uh, it's, uh, it's a great website, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific on Wednesday nights. If you go to pcpro.com slash subscribe, you get, uh, hold on, you get a page that looks something like this. Does it look like that? No. No, it doesn't look like that? Now it looks like that. Uh, and you ask for your name and your email address, and we send you little notifications to say, hey, in a couple hours, we're going to be doing a live stream. And it could be for our podcast. It could be for the uh, the late podcast we did at QuakeCon. It could be um, for other events like we had uh, Ed from Sapphire out a few weeks ago as well. So there's always stuff going on. So it's important that you sign up for that mailing list and pay attention. And also very important that you pay attention is this to our Patreon page here at PC Per – no – at patreon.com slash pcper. You can go there if you want to directly support us, if you think the content we do is interesting, uh, whether it be Zen architecture stuff, storage testing, graphics card reviews, this podcast, uh, anything like that, um, then this is your capability to directly contribute to us, especially say, hey, I like what you're doing, do more of that, thumbs up, that type of thing. It is, it is a recurring monthly contribution. I want to make sure I iterate that because I've had a couple people email and say, hey, I thought it was a one-time thing. It is a monthly recurring thing. So if you make it $100, it's going to charge you $100 the next month too. So if you don't want it to be that, you know, obviously adjust, adjust your uh, contribution level. Uh, we're up to 408 patrons, up to $2,307 per month. And as we normally do with the show, when I'm here at least, uh, anybody who uh, increases – their Patreon contribution or is a new Patreon contributor. Uh, I will read your name on the stream and what, or whatever else you happen to put into that field uh, during the show. So it's just like the Ryan hotline. They, they give you money and you say things directly. That's right. The yes. It is like voice the, on the show. It's like the 1 a.m. Uh, commercials you see on TV for uh, live links. Um, so you email one nine hundred trout. Uh, one nine hundred. Yeah, I could set up a nine hundred number email on PCPro.com if we want to do that. That'll be for the mailbag, M A L E bag, uh, mm-hmm. that will that will set up eventually. I do have plans to do that, even if we never hit the three thousand dollar milestone. <laughs> when we get to this new office and we have the new space, yeah, right, and we're bringing up a new editor, right, yeah, then we'll have some more bandwidth and we can make Josh answer email questions on a on a on a weekly basis. I'll help sure. too. I'll help too. Um, so again, thanks everybody who who contributes to that. And we did get 
Let's see. Oh, we've already gotten uh, two here. Sila Yardi pledged ten dollars. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you. And uh, David Franklin pledged twenty dollars. Sweet per month. So those are kick-ass contributions. Thank you guys very much. Thank you. Guys. If you uh, uh, update or submit, I'll read your name off of my phone. Whatever that happens to be. I think there's up- only been one. I have denied. I have refused to say out loud. If you update or submit, you must acquit. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if that's how that works. No. But, uh, so let's get to the big news of the week, everybody. This is AMD Zen. Um, this has been a long – it's already been a long development process for this, right? Only four years. Uh, it, it, but it feels like we've been talking about it for four years as well. It's well, that's strange because that's when they started developing it. it. Well, it's like as soon as people realized that Bulldozer wasn't great – Right, you know that like that's when they started to fall behind. You started to hear rumblings about Zen and what it might do and what it might not do. And I, I believe, and you can correct me on this, Josh, if I'm mistaken. You're wrong. It was originally a much earlier release than where we're at now, right? No, so, what? What? Like it was supposed to have been a 2015 product. No. Um. Sort of. <laughs> Maybe there was riveting smoke coming out of the air. Yeah, a few seconds. A lot of yeah no, it's, it's hard to say because you, I mean, certainly they had plans and that and sure. maybe it could have been late 2015, yeah. but I think that they figured, you know, like lawn darts, uh, <laughs> you either get hit in the head and die or you make 2016, but they probably weren't aiming for 2017. They probably were not aiming probably not. for 2017. Probably right. not. Um, so a couple of interesting things happen. And, and I'll talk about the part that I got to see first, and we'll talk to the part that Josh wrote about. The at Intel Developer Forum, where I was at last week, AMD has traditionally had uh, a presence there. They set up at the St. Francis or St. Regis. That's a nice hotel. St. Regis Hotel and the presidential suite upstairs. They take up the whole upstairs and they do demos or something of whatever they're showing. And I'll be honest with you. Most of the time, it's really bad. Yep. Like most of the time, they're showing you, here's our notebooks that are coming out with our APUs. And I'm like, nobody's going to buy those. Like, like yeah. I'm not trying to be an ass. It's just like, okay, you can't compete with Intel on Ultrabook-style thin and lights right now. Sorry about, sorry about your luck. Um, and, uh, my favorite part of this story, and I'm, I'm, I'm bunting in here. Yes, you are. Bunting. Uh, is, is that uh, like three hours before the AMD thing, you're like, ah. Uh, do I want to go to the AMD thing? It's just going to be more of the same. They're not going to show yeah. us anything interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Guess what? Well, they I surprised get, everybody. They surprised all of us. It wasn't until like uh, you know half hour, forty minutes beforehand um, that I kind of got the idea of what they were showing with Zen stuff, and it was really tipped off because I saw a, a, a Yeti tumbler with the Zen logo on it. Was our was our takeaway gift from the event, right? So it was, it was a key key moment there for me. Um, so what they did was is they you know they talked about Zen. When did they? When did they, is it? Was that at CES? No, Computex. They talked a little bit about. It. They revealed like the circular paint logo and yeah, it was running this this you know video and yeah. doing it successfully. Right. It was yeah. it, we have we have silicon. It's up and running and yep. it can play back a video. And and while that's a, an important milestone for any product, and there was much rejoicing. It's not Yay. it's not something we generally celebrate uh, or, or talk about in, in great detail. But what they did here is a little bit different. So they brought uh, Mark Papermaster up, who's a CTO at AMD, and he gave you a very level, a high level overview of what some of the changes were to the architecture. 
And they reiterated this claim of a 40% increase in IPC compared to previous architecture. That's a pretty significant jump. It's a huge jump. Remember that, like, Sandy Bridge to Ivy Bridge, you're talking 2 to 5% IPC. Right. You know... Well, uh, Intel, Intel saw a big IPC jump, but that was when, like, the core thing happened. Correct. When we right. went from P4 to yeah. Core. Yeah. To Core 2. Yeah. Which was a while ago. So it's yes. 40% for Bulldozer or the Bulldozer derivative? Excavator. Okay. It's 40% okay, over cool. Excavator okay. uh, at the same energy per cycle. So, okay. Uh, and they did this, and in some ways that Josh will will walk through when he gets into his architecture stuff. They talked they talked a little bit about um, uh, you know the execution core changes. These these cores have SMP now. Um, uh, they changed their memory hierarchy uh, somewhat. They now have an L3 cache, an eight megs of L3 cache. So well, they, is they've this, had L3 for a long time, but you know, are, are what, they, is it just a bandwidth? They're talking about five x cache bandwidth improvements. Oh yeah, they've they've done well, not five x. Well, if you start thinking about things, but essentially they've they've doubled bandwidth in between a lot of the different caches. Okay. So maybe they said five times. I don't know. So but I'll, it's, I'll it's, let Josh talk about that in the next little section. But what they did here was they said, okay, here's a de- we're going to show you a demo of Summit Ridge. Summit Ridge is the name of the of the platform for uh, the high end consumer version of this product. It will be the first product they release actually. So okay. It's going to be notebooks first. It's going to be in servers first. It's going to be this product, an eight-core, sixteen threads, uh, AM4 platform. That is not, by the way. All right. So they're still on AM4. No, no, AM4 is new one. That's just oh. starting to come out for like APUs. Okay. Uh, but those motherboards will not be compatible with this process. Different chipset. For my understanding, different. Okay. This will be a new chipset. So revised chipset. It's chip the set. same socket essentially. Okay. DDR4 memory, PCIe Gen3, and what they call next gen I/O, which I hope will mean. USB 3.1, NVMe. Better SATA performance with RAID uh, and stuff like that, uh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, well. I know it's a little late, but. Uh, as long as they have NVMe, whatever. Yeah. Uh, and we'll see what they do about Thunderbolt and stuff. Uh, I don't, probably nothing. I mean, if, if Asus wants to buy a Thunderbolt chip and put it on the board, that may be. If Intel lets them. Yeah, they, I think they will. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Um, so what they did was they did a performance comparison of sorts comparing an 8-core 16-thread Zen processor against an 8-core 16-thread Broadwell E. Broadwell E is the newest enthusiast architecture from Intel. Uh, they com- they clocked both of these processors at three gigahertz, so that's important to note. That's that's lower clocked than the than the Broadwell E would normally run at. Uh, and AMD has said at this event that they're going to have clock speeds higher than three gigahertz as well. Uh, and they basically did a run through Blender. And they showed a side-by-side of the Zen system and the Broadwell E system, uh, both running at this. And they, the, the, the Zen system finished you know, a second or two ahead of the Intel system. And what they were trying to show was, is like, look, in terms of IPC, we are now on par with Broadwell E. We are on par with essentially the best or almost the best uh, platform for IPC. For IPC that Intel which, can offer. Which is good. They really needed to catch up and there. And they were way behind there, right? Yeah. Um, now, some controversy has come out about what kind of code path um, Blender uses. Blender may have a specific code path for AMD that does things a little bit different. I, I'm not going to get just, into that. It's you got to wait for reviews to come out for to know. Or like, if you use other benchmarks. Like, yeah. Clearly, there's a reason AMD didn't use Cinebench, right? Like I the mean, standard thing that all of us can replicate immediately. This is a custom workload, 
right? That, sure. That, that they didn't like hand out on USB sticks, like here, run this for yourself type of thing. Okay. Um, they didn't like show a timer or a countdown or a frame rate or anything like that, like to, that you'd be able to go home and kind of like self-measure. Okay. Right? So the usual, the usual take the demo with a grain of salt applies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But either way, it's impressive, yeah. right? Because no other AMD processor to date would have been able to keep up right. with this type. With yeah, this I mean, to do 40% better in any benchmark yeah. like, is good. Right. Like, oh yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, let's see. They were asked about power consumption. They talked about this processor being on par with similar processors from Intel, which basically means you're looking in the 120 to 140 TDP, 140 watt TDP for the Summit Ridge processor. Haven't previous AMD processors been higher than that? Um, Only uh, the 9000 series, the okay. 220. Otherwise, yeah. uh, the 8000 series are 125 watts. Okay. And I've heard mention that. Uh, they're looking at 95 watt TDP for this with, uh, with the eight core. That would uh, be impressive. The, that yeah. would, that yeah. would be impressive. Eight core 16 I would thread. kind of almost expect that to be down at the four core, six core level because Zen uh, Summit Ridge, <clears throat> maybe not Summit Ridge specifically, but Zen will be released as an eight core, probably a six and probably a four core. Okay. At different price points, you know, they're going to want to compete against uh, Skylake. K parts or Cabby Lake K parts at sure. the time when these come out. Are these so? These are still not hyper threaded. No, they are. They have oh, SMT. Oh, now. SMT. Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. And, and I'm going to catch you off right there. Okay. Because they're aiming what we think the four core, eight thread APUs will be 65 watt TDP to more adequately compete with Intel okay. at that thermal range. So mm-hmm. half of that is GPU, and it's, you know, it's, it's one of the, uh, gosh. Wait, wait, wait. Half of what is GPU? Okay, half of the APU is going to be a GPU, if not a little bit more. Oh, 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 in the APU version of this. Yes. yes. Okay, sorry, I missed that Yes, yeah, and yeah. I mean, if they're aiming for 65 watts, uh, you know, the Zen core yeah. in there is, 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 is going to be pretty stinking efficient. Another, we don't know what clock speeds, obviously, right. in, in that. One interesting know? side point is manufacturing. They're going to be made at uh, Global Foundries. Okay. They basically said that it's going to be built on the exact same process technology as Polaris. And they were even specifically asked if they were going to use the high-density transistors right. that GPUs typically use but right. aren't typically used on processors. Yeah. And they said, yes, those are the libraries we're, going, we're using. So I don't know what that means in terms of efficiency or yeah, in terms of density or whatever. To, yeah. But it was, it's, it's, a, it's different than what we've ever oh, seen Oh, gosh, that's like before. a 30-minute discussion. Yeah, I yeah. don't want to do it. <laughs> so are they uh, – didn't – just to throw it out there, like I'm trying to figure out the differences, like architecturally, but like kind of bigger scale stuff. So previous AMD CPUs had like FPUs shared between cores, right? Are the, is this one doing that? They had two yeah, the, ALUs the Bulldoze... per FPU, right? What? They had two ALUs per FPU. Well, no, it's it's well, they had two integer cores per FPU, and right. each each integer core had, you know, like two ALUs and two AGUs, gotcha. okay. shit like that. So yes, right. they were sharing floating point across their two cores. Yeah, in Bulldozer and beyond, right? Yeah. And that's Each why the, the had... designation of core was a little bit questionable. Right. But whatever. So is this more independent now? Is this? It is. Okay. It is. So now there there are eight independent cores, and now they're using a like, I'm guessing a well, traditional like, SMP SMT yeah. implementation like hyper. Wow. So that's definitely way more on par with Intel. Yeah, and that's a big part of their you know IPC improvement as well is yeah. being able to use SMT to fill these bubbles. Cool. Uh, so Josh, if you look. Like what are we don't have to go through the entire piece of all these different additions here that you mm-hmm. that you wrote up from uh, the uh, the hot chips presentation. What are kind of 
the highlights of the architectural changes that are bringing about this 40%. Okay, as you know, you know, Jim Keller has had his fingers in many, many CPU architectures. He was, gosh, why is my phone going off? Apparently, there is a Chicago, Illinois number that is spamming people, and it's now spamming my work phone. Okay, great. But aside from that, great. I guess. Uh, Jim Keller, they brought him back to kind of lay the foundations of Zen. He worked very hard. I think it took a toll on his health. If you look at pictures when he started, he was you know really kind of buff, and he'd beat you up. And then at the end, you looked at him, and it's like. I don't this guy hasn't worked out in like a half year. I don't know why you're bringing this up. Like literally, because he looked like Hercules. You can make the same argument about me. Before I started working with Josh, yeah. I was like you this were, very in shape, yeah. young yeah. person. Yeah, and I now that, I saw that picture I start, you posted from like eight IDFs ago. Or after something. I started working it with Josh, I became old. Yeah. And withered. You could you could stand on PC cases without I, them. I being used crushed. to be able to. Yeah. 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 Not anymore. Sad. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I don't know why I'm so washed out today. I've even actually gone out into the sun. But anyway, you have your nice Jim background. Can we get to the architecture, please? Can we just please get to the architecture? So Jim gave his body and soul to make Zen a good thing. <laughs> and they have revamped nearly everything. The thing that, you know, the only thing that kind of looks similar to what Bulldozer and Excavator was is is kind of the FPU. Okay. And of course, only one of those were in, you know, the, the a module right. and it had two integer cores in there. Uh, but everything else has changed. Cache structure is revamped dramatically. So I think that uh um you know they say in uh, twice the bandwidth in uh L1 and L2 cache. Uh, I think the guy was correct in our IRC that that um it's five times the bandwidth to L Three cache only. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dell three cache, eight megs per four cores, and what do they call that? It's not a, it's not a module anymore. I had oh, um, uh, talked about it. I don't know. <sighs> anyway. I see the diagram here on the page, but it doesn't it doesn't distinguish those. Yeah. Well, you're probably just not reading my stuff ever, and remember, Who's retention Josh? is bad. What? I don't know. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. Um. So anyway, uh, so they revamped the cache system. It's significantly faster. They've revamped the front end, and that means uh, you know they got a four-wide decode stage, which is a significant upgrade. Uh, they they now include a, a micro-op cache, which is really huge. So when instructions get to the decoder, they are converted into micro-ops. But it takes some time to be able to convert instructions to micro-ops, but by having this micro-op, this op cache, if it sees an instruction, instead of decoding that and converting it, it just goes to this cache and says, hey, we've already decoded this. Here's the result. Uh, Let's just do that instead of spending the time and work. And so it saves power and it saves time. So it's it's lower latency in in commonly used instructions, uh, and that helps to allow the the integer execution and floating point execution units to be better filled because you've got this four wide, which oddly enough is is you know kind of the same size 
as Intel's, you know, latest uh, processors. Uh, but you really, it's kind of apples and oranges because they do things differently. Otherwise, Intel would sue AMD out of existence. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. um, it's it's got uh, can do uh, dispatch uh, six micro ops. It's got schedulers for uh, integer and floating point. They've increased the register size. They've increased the number of uh, instructions and ops in flight. Uh, it's got like uh, I think what six or eight. No, it's a, a eight instruction retire uh, at the back end. So essentially all that they have done is to remove as many bottlenecks as possible. Uh, Having the highest throughput, um, having caches that, you know, I go through because, uh, I mean, stuff's complex. I'm not David Cantor. I'm, I'm hanging on by my fingernails here. We can tell. Yeah. Uh, the caches are, are semi-exclusive, but inclusive, and so you've got some dirty caches running around. It's it's all very confusing. And now I'm getting um, interested. Tell me again about the dirty cache. Dirty, dirty, dirty caches. <laughs> dirty caches. Um, we're still getting some information from AMD about you know how they're actually implementing all of this stuff. I mean, sure. even at Hot Chips, they talked about it. They're going to do another but, big deep dive at uh, supercomputing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe that's in November, maybe. Yeah. I yeah. actually don't know. I've never been. Uh, but they're going to do another. They're going to do another kind of like dump of information architecturally. So we may know yeah. more then. But. So I mean, the, the huge L3 cache is it, any core can access it. I think the L2 caches are, are private, uh-huh. as well as obviously the, the L1s because they can't do a whole lot of snooping into the L1. But, um. They've they've got these. I'd hate to call them modules. I wish I could remember. Uh, what the name CPU is. complex complexes. Yeah. They're now complexes. So it's CCX, four cores. by the way, is the abbreviation for it. Very nice. DSM four sounds like a railroad company to me, but yeah, maybe. But I don't know if they can actually divide these up. Like if you can have a complex that is two cores and four megs of. L3 cache. I mean, at least with this initial product, they they probably can't. It just will probably break all the things because the L3 caches uh, are really, really interconnected. And, uh, you know, the latency from one core to a certain portion of the L3 cache on average is going to be the same across all the L3 caches. So you're improving latency, you're improving bandwidth. They're keeping the execution units as filled as possible. Uh, they've implemented yeah. their own little SMT uh, right procedure. And uh, it, it's probably, you know, technically different from Intel, but the overall concept is the same. Sure. It's got uh, different portions that can't be shared at the same time. So you've got to wait different cycles, other things that can be shared. It's just a lot of really interesting work in there to balance out the throughput and keeping all the execution units filled and squashing as many bubbles as possible. Um, They've improved the branch prediction. So you won't have uh, mispredictions in, in, in executions that will cause, you know, these bubbles to appear and no work to be done per cycle. I mean, all of these things that have come together 
to make this a much more efficient architecture than we have with Bulldozer and even Excavator, which was, you know, ex- Excavator was, what, 5 to 20% depending on workload, um, you know, more efficient in IPC than, than the original Bulldozer. And that's not even talking power. Right. I mean, we could talk about this stuff for just ages, but essentially this is a clean sheet design. Yep. AMD went back and said, you know what, we've we've – we bet on the wrong horse. We thought that we would have massively multi-threaded stuff. We kind of – we didn't throw IPC to the wayside, but certainly we sacrificed that to have highly multi-threaded products. And it just didn't work out very well. I mean, there again, hours worth of discussion of where AMD may have gone wrong and, and the things that they should have done. But – by going to this type of design and then working with the foundry as well as their own design to increase clock speed from the 3 gigahertz that we saw at this, if they can get 3.5 to 3.8 gigahertz, they're going to have a really solid product on their hands that a lot of people will will actually pay for. All right. Uh, yeah, and they've got a new chipset coming <laughs> that uh, was developed by As Media. That's kind of interesting. AMD have, have kind of deep six their own chipset guys, and they're they're working with As Media. So we're going to have all these you know next Storks generation okay, IO stuff. What? Oh wait, no. It's yeah. only it's only going to be the interconnect with the chipset, and everything else is going to be USB three. <laughs> that one. <laughs> yes. That's the awesome, be awesome RAID controller. Uh, you know, they, they did, you know, approach Renaissance, but uh, Renaissance, but yeah, they, they, they were they being French. Them, so, yeah. 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 But uh, one quick no, question from the, the chat. The potential is here to be a really good chip. One question what from they, the chat. What? One question from the chat. Sure. Does the micro ops adoption mean that they will have compiler concerns to deal with? Shouldn't it should be will they need to be? Will they need to depend that's, on that's, compilers to? No, no, that's that's no. going to be absolutely transparent. Because what compiler does so the, say, and correct me if I'm wrong, is is do a sequence of instructions that is more optimized for a certain platform. Yeah, sure. Now you and could you could optimize a compiler. All, all the decoder is doing is taking these instructions and creating microops. And so when you get just whatever instructions in. I mean, it. You could you could theoretically opt like if you knew how, if you had knowledge of how the caching worked for the micro ops on AMD yeah, you, side, you, you could, could optimize you could a compiler, the compiler to to, to, like, to make it work a to work little, a little bit faster. Better. Yeah, because there's an optimize for whatever micro ops are usually in the op cache. Yeah, because okay. there's an Intel optimized compiler for yeah, like yeah. you know, and if you use that, it actually does give you pretty decent speed boosts over you know just using like uh, Visual. Yeah, Studio. but I mean that takes a lot of code and it it it, it you know applies it to SSC 3, SSC 4, AVX type stuff where, you know, it can really crunch that stuff all together. Take one big package of instructions and mm-hmm. yeah. spit it all out mm. and get a you know big result afterwards. So, yeah, well, you could, could possibly. So that's Zen. Yeah. What we, well, that's what we know about Zen now. And, and th- they've said, like, this is a Q1 2017 part. Maybe just at the tail end of Q4 2017 for like some partners type of thing, but I wouldn't count on it. They'll launch it. I feel yes. like, yeah, the, I, I I imagine it'll be like a February time this, frame. This definitely needs to happen, ability. if only to hopefully counter uh, $1,700 CPUs. Correct. Yeah. 
pricing will be the other big question mark the, here. Those so. need to come down, and I'm pretty sure this launch will result in. I hope so. It needs to be competitive. Like it actually, like end of day. Yeah. When I run Cinebench. Yeah. An X264 encode, it yep. needs to be competitive. And then what I hope it doesn't happen is AMD goes, well, how about $1,400? <laughs> no. And I go, no. ah, damn it. Right. And I just throw everything on the ground. I quit. I burn the church. You know, all those things occur. We need to make our market share back. So $1,500. That's right. Uh, hmm. Anyway, so that's Zen. We'll have a lot more on that as uh, the months go by, I'm sure. Like I said, Supercomputing Conference, whenever that is, uh, Kevin's in the chat. He'll tell me when Supercomputing <laughs> is. Uh, uh, we'll we'll get another dump of info. Good job, Josh. Hey, thanks. Hey, you're welcome. All right. Uh, other reviews, real quickly. Lee posted a review of the Seasonic Prime 750 watt titanium power supply. Um, we do a lot of individual power supply reviews here. Uh, we're one of the only outlets that still does this. I think there's a lot of value in it. I will point out um, proper power supply reviews. Yeah, 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 yeah. How many screws does it have? Not just it has four six. screws. It had six screes. Power it supply, came four with screws. Two, two extra. Oh, okay. Spare screws. Um, what's <laughs> interesting about this is the Prime is apparently Seasonic's first total platform redesign in like a decade. Mm-hmm. Yep. Interesting. And I believe it's also their first digital PWM. Oh, they're teasing this at CES yeah, to this, us. I mean, Seasonic already had a very good design in the first place, so... Yeah, that, yeah, that's yeah, cool, yeah. right? That yeah. they're, you know. Jeremy, huh. you, you, was I correct on the first digital PWM? Yes, you are. Okay. Uh, and if you jump to the third page, you can also see the other innovation that they've added to this thing. Uh-oh. Oh, man. Oh, man. I'm excited. Now. What is it? Is it's, it's actually kind of neat. No, well, that's no. Oh, that, this? right there with the fancy <gasps> cable ties. So the. What am I looking at? Yeah, what's plus that? Plus three volt, the right. black which is, of course, ground, uh-huh. your plus 5 and your plus 12, now have an extra wire that goes back to the PSU. Oh, nice. Tell it what load it's under. It's remote sense. Mm. It, it actually monitors the yeah. load being drawn it's actively. Sense wires back. Photos, it's it's okay. correcting for voltage drop across the cable, similar to what, Correct, um, sir. Similar to what your, your PCIe power connectors do. Oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. But it's yeah. doing it right there between the motherboard and the power supply. Huh. That's cool. Which is... Kind of a neat thing, and also from Lee's testing, turned out to work very impressively. Yeah. Uh, To quote the man, and this doesn't come out often, but uh, (laughs) superior AC ripple noise and noise suppression. He doesn't pull out superior very often. (laughs) Adequate, adequate from Lee is pretty damn good. He is uh, known for his tabular forms of data. Yep. Concise. And uh, efficient use of language. Yep. And yeah, that's that's, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. So there, there's comes... your efficiency curve as well. Well above the platinum level. Mm-hmm. Not quite platinum extreme, but well above. Is platinum. that a real thing? Did you just make that up? No, it, it might not be extreme, but there's another one. Oh, sorry, platinum plus. Not only that, but oh, like no, titanium, titanium plus. Titanium. That, okay. It looks like that shift over to more digital. Uh, on its internals, like just how it is regulating and everything, like the components mm-hmm. are just there's just less stuff. Like look at the power supply itself, right. like internals, there's just not as much stuff in there. Yep. Or the components are smaller. There's like the heat sinks are there's not even that many heat sinks present. Like, it's just not generating that much heat, which is what you oh, get with not- more digital PWM kind of thing. Right. right. 
Oh, it's one of the ones that will operate silently until about uh, 40 or 50% load. Editor's huh. Choice logo oh. here. 10-year warranty. Yeah, Editor's only choice. a 10-year warranty. I mean... Oh. And and it's expensive. It is a, titan- a titanium uh, like rated power supply, but you can get 650 watts for $160. Yeah. Um, for one of the best power supplies we've seen, right? Uh, Ultra-high efficiency, micro-tolerance load regulation, which I assume is what that feature... For the sense back is four. Yeah. Uh, fan control, superior AC ripple, as you said, extended hold up time, gold plated, high current terminals. Ooh, gold. I the like chat's gold, asking yeah. us, like, what's ridiculous about uh, a good PSU? Well, like, you know, if you're able to regulate with less ripple, you have, like, a more solid voltage to your motherboard and to your CPU. Like, especially if you're in overclocking, systems become sensitive to that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're just running stock settings I and like stuff, that picture. That you're does probably look very clean. Yeah, like if you're just running stock, you know, factory out of the box system, mm-hmm. you're probably oh, okay. That looks nice, doesn't it? Yeah, right. Like, look at how clean that But how much better will it be than the power supply that came with my case? <laughs> <laughs> well, you paid forty eight dollars for the case and power supply combo. This one yeah. is probably a lot better for a seven hundred fifty watt power supply. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's two hundred twenty volts, but I figured if I just watt. jam it in, it's probably yeah. fine over yeah. here. Just yeah. the cleaner the voltage you can get to your motherboard in the first place, the the better your chances are for overclocking and better stability in the long yep. run. And you spend money uh, on all the other components. Yeah. Don't cheap out on the thing that control that delivers power. Don't all cheap out yeah. on the thing that can literally kill everything and That's true. burn down your house. If the PSU goes nuts, yeah, the house burns down sure. and the systems bust, and yeah. you're thinking, well, maybe I should have spent that extra fifty bucks and, on a power supply. And the other thing to realize is that like. And we learned this especially from doing all of that GPU power monitoring stuff. Is that like power switching, like things with switching power supplies, just like all the phases that are on your motherboard for your CPU? Yep. That is like the worst case thing. I mean, there are things that are just turning on and off. There is no in between. It's not like your motherboard draws this nice steady stream of current right. from the power but supply. But I always like my analog power supplies. Yeah, it's it's literally just like. It's a light switch rave up in there. It looks like just... <laughs> it really is, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it looks like... Well, yeah, but it's a light switch rave with, like, 16 <laughs> switches going at the same time yeah. in ah. one room. Like, it's just, it's horrendous on a power supply. I can, as might be able to electrically work that out at the new building. We probably could. Ryan, you grab these eight switches. I'll grab the other eight switches. <laughs> I do um, have a piano. It's a church. And there is a piano. Oh, man. Yes. Oh, yeah. They left one. You buried it's the lead. amazing. Lead. It's pretty horrible piano. Uh, it's okay. It'll be an electric I, piano. Soon. It's like it's like yeah. a it's an old piano. It is. It may be worth a lot of money. It's very I'm out of tune. It's not we'll worth a lot of money. It may be. Uh, all right. Before we get into our next article, uh, I do want to mention uh, we've had some Patreon additions. Awesome. Ron Wagner edited their pledge. His pledge, I guess. It's not. He's probably not a plural person. <laughs> uh, from five dollars to ten dollars. Thank you very much, Ron. Joseph Sandy edited their pledge from thirty. To fifty, awesome! Wow, thirty to fifty dollars. That's a lot out of you. That's, 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 that's too much. <laughs> it's a lot of value. He really liked your AMD coverage, Josh. It's Something the best like value. Yes. Uh, Charles Anderson edited his pledge from fifty to fifty-one fifty. All right, just instant, like literally one minute later in the email thread here, bumping over Joseph Sandy for uh, an increase there, and then Nick, Is it, isn't that a Van Halen listen, uh, album? Right. And hold on, 50? they're allowed to get into a bidding war. They as don't get anything different for, but yes, they're absolutely okay. allowed to do it. Totally uh, allowed. Nick Kearney edited his pledge from one to three dollars. All right, and thank you very much, Nick. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, so we'll move on to the next stories. Thank you guys very much. Um, Sebastian's not on the show 
Thank God, right? <laughs> this would this would take an hour to saying. go over that this guy. article. Uh, it's like having another. How Josh. about the name of this company, Ken? Odyssey. I think so. Odyssey. Odyssey. Sign. Like Odyssey. Ear on ear planar magnetic headphones. I don't know shit about these. I don't know jack all about headphones. Planar magnetic is an Come interesting on, technology. Awesome. So yeah. so what? All I know is Sebastian really liked these headphones. So somebody tell me why. I mean, like a planar magnetic thing is like. Imagine that the driver is just like basically completely flat and it's being driven just by like instead of a cone, essentially. Yeah, I have a flat piece of paper. Yeah, you just have a thing that moves. Sure. Well, but why do I care about that? Yeah, but why? Why does yeah. that matter? Is it just make that make the headphones lower profile? Uh, type it's thing? better sound. It's better than a cone. I oh, see. I would have thought like like the reason you had to make a sacrifice. The for reason. Flat. The, no, the cone is a sacrifice. The cone is a sacrifice. Yep. The cone is a structural the cone sacrifice. Is a lie. Yeah, because you're trying to you're trying to make a thing that you push and pull from one point uh-huh. in the past. Yeah. Well, that if the point's in the center, you need to add some like z axis right, right. yep. to for structural. Like okay. otherwise, it'd be flopping like a sheet of paper, right? Well, these things are a sheet of paper, basically. Correct. That just moves uniform. Like the whole thing shifts in and out to make the sound. Okay, so there's magic to make that happen without distortion. It's and technology without, and okay. stuff. Yeah. It's technology. Yeah. And technology and stuff. Technology. So features planar magnetic drivers for better dynamics and frequency response. Premium yeah. leather for style and durability. Sleek contemporary design uh, from the BMW group. Uh, lightweight folds flat. Two and a half millimeter stereo. Three and a half millimeter to quarter inch stereo adapter. Uh, but what's the other big deal about these? It is that they are they have a DAC in them, like it's a lightning connected uh, headphone. If you, that's kind of separate. You can buy the headphones, and you can buy them with the cipher cable. Okay, which or is what I I'm think, looking at here. Yes. Okay, so this is the this is our beginning rollout of the world without a headphone jack, uh, where everybody, including people that don't have Apple devices, suddenly use lightning headphones. Right. Well, that might be difficult for them. It, well, you know, you just get an adapter, <laughs> of course, back to three and a half millimeter uh, audio. So yep. what's the benefit of having this Cypher lightning cable for 50 bucks more, mind you? It's just it has the DAC in the it's just for lightning connectivity. It, it's, a, it's a higher quality, higher resolution DAC than is available in the iPhone yeah. or the okay. iPad. So the OK, and as I look at these two cables, the one on the left with the lightning connector with the DAC still is outputting to you know, mono to each channel of your headphones, so each cable is independent. Yep. Uh, there. Yeah, and they you can absolutely just use a three and a half millimeter. They come with a three and a half millimeter okay. cable, so you can yeah. plug this into any device. Okay. Uh, and let's see. So he does his passive listening test through the three and a half millimeter connector, and then he did some digital listening tests as well. Digital listening. Digital, digital listening. Digital. Which yeah, is yeah, I heard really it loud. Just yes. listening. Yeah, I heard it. Yes. No, uh-huh. it went off. No. Yes, it's on. I don't hear it anymore. Yes, no. Yes. yes. Uh, and so the Cypher is a 24-bit high-resolution integrated AMP DSP DAC with lightning connector. Um, this is where we're moving. Like, like, we know this is happening with the next iPhone, right? Like, this is pretty yeah. much just an assured thing. Um, I mean, I do like that they, they were able to fit it a small enough device in just with the volume up-down thing, you know? Sebastian notes that there were clear differences between the analog cable and the cypher cable as there will be when switching both DAC and headphone amp simultaneously found the digital experience to be outstanding on the iPad mini 2 uh, and certainly a better audio experience than just using the iPads onboard headphone jack All right, that's another, promising. another advantage is the ability to enjoy high resolution music and for this he played with both VLC and Vox for iOS 24 rip music played back sounded great they found the sound a little bit better from his Calyx M DAP DAP 
DAC. DAP. No, digital, digital audio, audio player. player. Oh. Yeah, so I'm just going to call it oh, DAP yeah. uh, with a three and a half you know, millimeter well, cable. With these kind of membranes that doing the sound, they kind of require a little bit more power than other, you know, like a, oh, a 40 okay. or 50 millimeter cone uh, that most other headphone guys use. So if, from what I gather, what he's saying is if you really want to have the best performance from this, you're going to have to have a headphone amp, a yeah. true honest to God yes. headphone amp that's going to drive these things as they're wanting to be driven. More so than what's in that lightning cable? Uh, Maybe. He'd probably do a little bit better oh, with more than depends that. Depends on how hard which, that yeah, lightning I mean, cable he, he, Which he said. It. Yeah, he, he said the integrated amp, because it's an amp DAC combo in that lightning right. adapter. Right. Yeah. He, he said it was a lot better on things like the low ends, but still not quite as good as his ridiculous audiophile sure, only yeah, yeah. audio player. And that's an expensive player. That It's like a $400 player. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the, For now, the, the, the other expensive. thing he was using, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. like $1,000. I think it could only was 400 Oh, okay. Well, whatever. Anyway, but you're comparing that to a fifty dollar, you know, integrated thing that's only able to draw. Like, I don't know what the limit is, but there's a limit to how much current draw you're allowed reverse out from of the a, phone. I think from, it's pretty yeah. high, actually. I don't know. So, I thought it was like, would your battery life actually be less? Yeah, using oh, yeah. these headphones yeah, significantly. To, yeah, that's an interesting thing. That it shouldn't I never be. It, it shouldn't be much more different than just listening it would, to the headphone it, jack. It would, it would really? depend on like what yeah. volume you're listening. No, it's at it's, and it's what gonna it's gonna be different. Yeah, it, 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 there would be jack. more battery draw. Yeah, yeah. It's just a matter of like. Interesting. If you're listening to a bunch of dubstep on the highest volume setting, then it would be some lower. <laughs> Which I yeah. always am, <laughs> but with my headphones open and sitting on my shoulders because oh. I want everybody else to experience the high quality a, sound of deep, my Odyssey Sign headphones as well. You want a deep tissue massage right. and yeah. your like uh, pectoral muscles. Uh, so. Uh, apparently these are back ordered. They get, did get a gold award from Sebastian. He did like them a lot. Um, they're expensive though, four forty nine base, and then four ninety nine if you get it with the uh, additional Lightning DAC amp cable. So again, very high end audio equipment, I think. Yeah. Um, so that yeah. that, that well, Lightning that's just mid range audio equipment. That Lightning True. DAC it thing is four fifty grand. bucks. Fifty dollars. So that's promising, actually, for everybody's gripe. How, how much were your electrostatic? What? Earbuds, Alan. Oh, the ultrastat. These are not the ones. I don't have the ultrastatic ones. Oh, I thought. I thought you. How got- much were they? No, the, the ultrastatic ones are like three grand from Shore. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh no, I'm not doing that. I had, I had electrostatic get? keyboard. I got the 846s, <laughs> which are the quad driver ones. So Ooh. how pissed are you going like, to be if like you have to have bucks. a dongle to use as headphones with your phone? Well, see, the thing is that dongle like isn't really that bad, especially if they integrate it with a mic for doing phone calls. And, and, and like, like somebody's going to make a thing like that. It right? just sells by itself. Yeah, if that yeah. company can sell a thing like a, that particular, it's essentially item. what it is. It's just got male connectors coming out instead of a female connector to hook up regular headphones right. to. Essentially, right. So okay. a slight modification to that, dev- that design, and you have a workaround to future phones that don't have a headphone jack, be it like the lightning connector side or the USB C connector sure. side. Right. Sure. Like and, and, either way. As a generality, if you're spending more than two hundred dollars on headphones, you should. They are usually will sound a lot better with at least an amp. Yes. And then a DAC yeah. will get you higher resolution, which you may not notice. But like a- adding a headphone amp so to my a pair of $250 headphones. Yeah. Like my Beats. Yeah, exactly. Like your Beats. <laughs> <laughs> but so- something like the. God, they sound awful. E- e- even like a 150 ish dollar pair of headphones like the M80s or the Grados. Adding an amp actually opens them up a lot. So Yeah. But for a mobile device. It's there's a lot of convenience issues to yes. think about, right? Yeah. And, and let me add this in as well. Okay. Something that I noticed 
Logitech, the uh, the G35. You know, and I tested these a while ago. Okay. Uh, I had the analog version, and then I had the USB version. When you have the amp and the DAC, you can then adjust and further tune your design so that they work better together as compared to, say, hey, I'm going to plug this three and a half uh, inch, uh, what, three and a half millimeter plug into any of this. It's going to sound different with this other thing. It's going to sound different with an amp. But you know you're going to get pretty consistent quality if they're bundling it and offering it with this lightning um, you know, adapter because they have a lot more control over the output of that and they can more adequately tune it to the audio properties of, of the headphones. So if, if you've got this product and, and you're thinking of just you know plugging into anything, 50 bucks is not a bad deal to kind of further optimize the output and make it more consistent and probably just better sounding instead of you know getting a 400 to 800 dollar digital auto digital yeah. audio player or or a higher end amp for it yeah or, I, or even just a mid-range 100 150 dollar one that's portable uh yeah. it, huh. compared to that 50 dollar cord hey uh plenty, I plenty I'm not of people carrying a device the size of my phone around exactly plenty of people are spending about 30 to 50 dollars a piece on amps and dacs that are quote-unquote portable which are a size of a deck of cards right and Sebastian being one of them. Yeah. Yeah. That's, well, that's I've a, got this uh, Sound Blaster G5. That's right. It, right, it yeah. sounds awesome, but yeah, it's a little bit bigger than a deck of cards. So it's portable, but a bit of a pain in the ass for every day. Yeah, it's it, portable, it, but not convenient. Like like a gaming laptop is portable, but not yeah, mobile. But not exactly. <laughs> convenient. Exactly. Right. It, it has not UPS in <laughs> Right. So if, if you're interested in that kind of device and you think uh, you might want to start getting into some higher end audio stuff, which you don't because it gets really expensive. Uh, check out Sebastian's review of the Odyssey Sign on ear planar magnetic headphones. That's pretty good. Uh, a couple of other updates have come in on the Patreon. James Fleming edited his pledge from fifty four eighty to fifty nine ninety nine. Fifty nine ninety nine. There we go. Exactly. Exactly. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Total and Drama you. edited their pledge from five dollars to ten dollars. Thank you very Ooh, much. That's and a 100% increase. It is. That's insane. And uh, we received a new pledge from Nikolai for $3. So uh, we appreciate everybody's uh, support. Hey, 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 hey. hey what hey. do we get for $3? I, I need about three fifty. need about three fifty. Pour it in your cup. Pour it in your hand for a dime. Uh, <laughs> How much for one rib? <laughs> one. Uh, we don't. There's nothing. There's not a whole lot of writing here. There's a video that you guys should check out for this next story. Um, Scott made a really awesome animation, um, and uh, and you, might, you might call it a motion graphic. A motion graphic, and then he wrote a. Oh, well, look, PC Perspective is live right now. Um, he wrote a script that I then read into a recorder comfortably, right, and uh, did a voiceover for a video, basically explaining the idea of multi-GPU configurations and memory and how what the drawbacks are, how it all works, how you know Vulkan and DX12 may be able to help address some of it, what the current problems are. And it's a really good animation that we spent – that I say we – he spent a lot of time on. Uh, and we, a lot of money. Oh, Ooh. so it's much money. It's expensive to animate like this. Ex- you know what I'm saying? It is expensive. And we want to do more stuff like this because I think it's really useful. It took a long time for us to get through it, but um, – It is the reason he bought a 1080. 
<laughs> oh, really? Yeah. It's true. He was set. He was disappointed at his Blender rendering. He did the Blender times. rendering, <laughs> <laughs> so we had to buy a new GPU for it. So uh, we want to do more of this. And again, this is the type of thing that uh, when he and I discussed this originally. Uh, the title of this, by the way, is A New Perspective on Multi-GPU Memory Management. Very clever, Scott. Um, that is like, okay, if if we get enough traffic to this, if we get enough you know, Patreon support of this, like, hey, do more of this type of stuff. Maybe we'll tackle other topics. Because it is, like I said, a very time-consuming thing um, that, to do with you – know, all these animations are handmade. This wasn't some script that was available on – uh, some page somewhere. To, All of to the say, animations were lovingly crafted out of Corinthian leather. Exactly. Only the finest Corinthian animations it's, it's not used the, in this project. It's not the generic pre-built projects you and I use. <laughs> Correct. It is not the, where can I this find a no quick template that I can modify in 12 minutes? Uh, this is this is much better than that. So check that out if you're curious about it at all. And then if you go to the story, if you're looking for a transcript, uh, that is included as well. But really, you want to listen to my voice tell you about this stuff. Do honestly, I ever with the visual presentation that goes along with uh, Scott's animation here? So very cool there. Uh, thank you, Scott, for that. Um, let's get into some news. We'll jump right to it. No sponsor this week. Um, Did you just say let's get into the nudes? Because news. I'm, I'm yeah. all for that. That's a couple. I've got a couple of tabs to go news. before we get to that. It's underneath Glowfo seven milli, uh, nanometer, and it's seven millimeter. Oh god! <laughs> <If you know. laughs> I'm going to need a flashlight and a soldering iron to get seven millimeter <laughs> copper onto that substrate. Oh man! Well, it's not about just the wind. Do it gently and slowly. Uh, nice. All right. So here we go. AMD. This is actually really cool. AMD gains market share in Q2. They they actually. <laughs> They did in Q1 of last year as well. Um, but this this quarter was, like, really weird. And I don't mean, like, say this disparagingly. They went up from 22.8% in Q1 to 29.9% in Q2. Wow. That's seven points of market share. That is a huge increase for a single quarter. Um, and obviously, as you would guess, NVIDIA drops from 77 to 70 yeah. at the same time frame, right? Um, <clears throat> How? I don't know. A trend for a few quarters, actually, in a row. Like, well, it wasn't last uh, from Q1, from Q4 to Q1. It right. wasn't. It was like one or two percent. But it was still uh, AMD right gained some. Yeah, yes. st- still the right direction for them. Yeah, yeah. And it's important to note that Polaris, the RX40, doesn't count into these numbers. Polaris huh. was, was announced, released on June 29th. So was it? Mobile? Or, I'm sorry. Yeah, June 29th. Was it mobile or is that not in this? It's not mobile. This is only add-in board. So this is, you know, yeah. but it's budget, mainstream, high-end, and workstation class graphics cards, essentially. Does that also include OEM that use an add-in card? Correct. It okay. does. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Now, see, you know, you see here, true audio is finally hitting its stride. <laughs> <laughs> it's unfortunate for people who buy a Polaris, but yes. Yeah. yeah. There was a big sale on Thief. On Steam, <laughs> and everybody <laughs> wanted to buy the game that used True Audio. Yeah. Um, now, what's interesting about this is NVIDIA and their uh, stuff, uh, their earnings that you guys talked about last week, had like record profits last year or last quarter. Or was it? Was it? It was their annual reconciliation, wasn't it? Or was what? it a quarter? NVIDIA's yeah, there was. It was a record for any quarter. Okay. They're two hundred thirty-eight million dollars of profit any quarter. So it seems odd that Nvidia would lose seven points of market share in the same quarter that they. But just think of how many four hundred dollar and above video cards that they yeah. sold. So they had a huge ASP increase. 
average Huge. selling price. Um, and obviously their, their margin was up. But how do you make, like, <clears throat> it doesn't matter how much money, I mean, it doesn't matter how much money they're making, but they would still be really pissed if they lost seven points of market share. Yeah. The only thing I could think of is, like, John, JPR and Mercury Research both kind of note somewhat nonchalantly that, like, oh, yeah, the market as a whole of AIB, of add-in cards, was actually down 20% in Q2 from Q1. Right. That's a huge, that's a fifth. Yeah. It dropped by that's a fifth. Monstrous. And I'm not good enough at math to figure out what that means for the percentage. Well, nobody nobody explains why they think that occurs. Like uh, JPR you know, says, if you like, can put this in terms of bourbon, maybe we can better understand. Sure, sure. Like JPR says, like, oh, you know, the average drop. For, it's a seasonal to have a drop from Q1 to Q2. True, but it's like nine percent average. This is more than double that. Um, and so uh, one of the people I talked to said that it's very possible that like most of the twenty percent. Of of drop sales were like people who would normally have bought Nvidia cards, and if you think about it, like there's is there potential that everybody knew Pascal was coming, and so nobody bought I GPUs mean, anymore. I mean, people knew GPUs were coming on both sides, so maybe they only bought. So the people maybe, that, maybe the only people buying GPUs were buying cheap GPUs, which more tend to be that's true AMD GPUs yeah. at this point in time. Just more people, so, more people didn't buy Nvidia, and, and you've got buy. the snipers at this point saying, oh. They're totally sold out. So the second I see a card in stock, I have to buy it. I wasn't really going to, but now I have to because I'll never see it again. Yeah, but see, that would and still you, be a positive towards NVIDIA, I would think, right? Because it's a positive towards both. But. I mean, there the, the were like 1080 two and weeks. The 1080 of, launched in May, yeah. mid-May. The 1070 launched in late May. So in theory, there was 30 plus days okay, yeah. of, of sales of, of 1080 and 1070. Now, stock was a major issue, right? Um, and, but NVIDIA has made is. some significant claims about how many cards they've sold. Um, unless they sold all of them in the month of July or the vast majority of the month of July. I don't know. To me, this seems like a quarter from now we may look at the Q3 results and maybe it will have just cycled back. Right. Yep. Where NVIDIA gains a 7% back or something. It seems almost I don't know. impossible that it couldn't. I, I don't know. Because AMD only is really selling a new GPU in one market segment. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they've got the 470 and 460, but they're... Sure, sure, yeah. sure. But it's, it's you know, those are... And, and what's important to note is, like, it's market share. It's not market dollars. It's yeah. it's unit-based, not dollar-based. So if, if NVIDIA sells one $700, $600 video card and AMD sells three $200 video cards, those are the worth the same value-wise, although NVIDIA's probably made more money... Then, but in in you know AMD has three x the market share improvement in that regards too. So I don't know. Worth noting, if nothing else, uh, Jeremy, how do you like your master liquid? Well, well lukewarm. Uh, I, <laughs> well. I like it body temperature. <laughs> I don't okay. know. I, I like it a little bit cooler than that, but I am disappointed that they went with. Uh, Oh, sorry. There's a different story I'm thinking about now. I The Master Liquid <laughs> yeah, I is confusing to me. Okay. It looks neat. It's incredibly compact. Boom. I'm water cooling onto my CPU. The radiator is right there. The loop is right there. It's like configurable, right? Like this is – so this is a self-contained water cooler that basically doesn't have any tubes to connect to a radiator no. that attaches to a different portion. Because everything's system, right, right there. And so, but it looks like it has two different configurations, right? Like you have this vertical orientation, and then you have this horizontal orientation mm-hmm. for it, which is a neat idea as well. 
Especially if you've got uh, a crowded CPU socket, so yep. you need to do it vertically as opposed to horizontally. Or if you've but- got a small form factor build, right, and you want to do it in a, you want to do it horizontally. Uh, you wanna, you know, y- y- you wanna. Does this defeat but- the purpose of self-contained water? This cooling? is what confuses me, because the radiator is supposed to be away from the source of heat. It- it's by name. It's not, uh, who cares where the radiator's away? at? It's how big the radiator is. That thing's tiny. It's a small radiator. Fair enough. Uh, And it's serving the purpose of a heat sink. Not only that, but the reservoir's small. You know what you can do with a small reservoir? It's not small. It's efficient. I don't don't know what the use case of this is where a specific heat sink wouldn't be... I guess I need to see a review and see how efficient it is and like how well it works. That's the thing. I haven't seen the performance of it, but just the design it's gonna be confuses crap. me. I think. Well, let me okay. tell you, it's it's physics. It's going to be crap. I don't know, guys, because you yeah, got a lot I, more surface area that has the full amount of heat temperature present. Correct. Across all the of heat the fluid is still there. There's, there's liquid moving through the things, as opposed to you couldn't just make a heat sink with. If you made a regular heat sink with the same amount of surface area mm-hmm. that that's not coolant filled, just mm-hmm. like a heat sink, right? It would not be nearly as efficient because the heat would not conduct. The all heat the is way. all is at the bottom and it has to it, takes time to circulate. Okay, yeah. Alan, yeah. let's yeah. let's let's take your theory. I'm just saying, and like, say, okay, so you've got a little bit more capacity for heat because you've got a fluid in there, correct? Yep. So it but sucks look the at the size of that radiator and compare it to the heat dissipation of a copper or a copper aluminum. Um, That's my point. Sick, like, a standard one. A, a more special. Yeah, you may have times a, 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 okay, you're going to you're going to eventually fill up kind of that that heat load. Yep. In and and but you've still got a small or same amount of fin space. For air cooling, that's my point. Doesn't is, matter. My point it, is that it doesn't matter your conduction. You, we're looking you've physics. You've got nowhere to release. You can only dissipate so much heat from a surface area that much. Yes, but my point is that if all of the surface area is at a higher temperature overall, then you have a higher delta in temperature between the air and the thing trying to get the heat out of it. Right. I'm thinking of I'm thinking of just pure heat calories dissipation. Yeah. No, I'm just, with you. I'm with it's you. Energy. It's an MC you, delta T delta yeah, MC delta T thing, man. It yep. it it is. Like, but we're looking surface area. It doesn't matter the conductive material. It doesn't say that you're it's, still it's going to have the same amount of surface area right. That's that my air point. is going to flow to. That's my point. If you have even if they had identical surface area, this would be better. Sure. Oh, if, if it did, yeah, yeah, but it has less surface area. Surface area. Okay. The question is, is how much less surface area does it have? Significantly. And how much harder does it have to work to, to cool at the same level? Yeah. Right? I, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. You're going to have to Guru, get one and find it out. Uh, my, test my, it. Guru 3D benchmarked a 4970K stock at idle on this heatsink at 38 degrees, yeah, which but, was the highest of any of the... Coolers they tested, but yeah, any of the air coolers or water coolers? Yes, that's idle though. I want to know load. Okay, load <laughs> was seventy degrees C at one hundred percent load compared with, to what? I I don't know which device would you like to have a comparison. How, how much against? worse was, was it? Worse than other ones? Is that so? My... So an HADI. Uh, oh well, that's also a, a 
yeah. water cooler. I'm yes. talking an air cooler. I, I don't know specific model numbers oh, okay. for air coolers. I'm sorry. What? Guru 3D actually reviewed this. Yep. Yeah, they did. Let me look at it. Let me look at it. So idle versus load. Okay. So uh, just compare the, it to the, the best air cooler. The uh, Noctua D15. Sure. Was 61 degrees Celsius. And this was 70. And this was 70. Okay. So not as good then. Yeah. Uh, Alan, so gets, you never listen to me. I'm just never. saying it, no, it could have been never. better. <laughs> it could have been better. It was I'm possible. talking physics here, and you're off. Now there are there are only three heat sinks. Heat transfer in Fluofo is only half of all of my new core training. That's okay. I guess I don't understand. <laughs> like clearly, Cooler Master knows this. Yeah, have you seen the size of the heat sinks on a Los Angeles class or a high class? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, actually, I have. <laughs> I know you have. They're massive. So this isn't this isn't the first one of these we've seen, Ryan. No, no, it's not. Corsair and the Corsair. Corsair and the thing like this. Horribly. Okay, so that was yeah, but I think their their radiator was significantly larger than this. I honestly don't remember. Um, well, and it was for a specific system. It was spe- too. yes for for a specific. Like, system. But they sell so, it outside of that system. You can just they? buy that. So why bother making this if it's not even as good as an air cooler? That's exactly because the point people buy crazy shit. Okay, yep. they do, and they can sell it. And, and this Whoa. next story is a perfect example. It sort of makes sense for like home theater applications, maybe where you can't fit in a tall stack if you do it in the horizontal orientation. Oh yeah, it is very quiet it, at idle. You can rotate, and it's it. very yeah. quiet at load. Uh, yeah. But again, the knock to a cooler that I said was more has, efficient has is much larger. Also, yeah, but that is also quieter. But, yeah. but the D15 is a Morris has cooler, from what I remember. Uh, if it's a uh, knock yeah. to us, so I'm going to say yes. Well, they don't only. Make so, it then is. That, so then that does have significantly more surface area than yeah. Than yeah, this. Right. The D15 is. But that was, that was the argument. But, but the surface but, area sucks. But the surface well, area but sucks compared to how much space all the surface area is bigger. You know, so yeah. Anyway, I don't know something else, please. Something else, please. How about a, a cube PC standing on its edge. Can you stand yeah. on it standing on its edge? I could. HP Omen desktop. Um, oops. Do that again. Uh, there you go. So, um, so do you have a picture of Wallace standing on this? Uh, not on here. So this is so this is an HP machine built by Main Gear, or at least designed by Main Gear. How's this work? Designed by apparently. Okay. It, it looks like a main I think gear. it's built by Main Gear it, too, but it looks interesting. Shut up, Alexa! Do you remember next? Alexa is playing music. <laughs> Alexa for me. just started playing music. We're it's gonna very, get taken down. It's very dramatic. Uh, Alexa, like, stop! Thank you. <laughs> um, so this is a. So I'm gonna be honest here. It is essentially a computer in a box case, <laughs> turned on an angle. Am I missing it, something? Yes. Uh, no, it has a pedestal. you're not. It has, I mean, it looks cool. Like the kickstand type thing that it has there looks neat. This would look cool sitting on a desk. I do not deny that. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be a big desk. It is. I mean, look yeah. at the back. I mean, if you look at the back of it, you can see this is not a small chassis. Like you can see the power plug down here at the bottom. And you can see, uh, uh, you know, the motherboard. That's a full size ATX, or or is it a it's, micro ATX? Um, it's micro ATX. Yeah, it's micro yeah, ATX. Yeah, right, it is. It is. Yeah. Gigantic, so it's going to be the size of that Corsair, yeah, but rotated. Yeah, that was at the Air 540. Is that what that yeah. was? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can we start the rumors that HP is going to buy Main Gear? 
Uh, you Just can like do it. Voodoo? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, I okay. could do that. I And I replied to Wallace, who's a CEO of Main Gear, with the picture... Or I, I sent it out on Twitter, right, of me standing on oh, the original the Blackbird, oh, Voodoo oh, Blackbird chassis. Yeah. Which I had to beg to get just that chassis. But I think they made me give the chassis back. I didn't want a system. I didn't want to review a system. I wanted to review the case. And they sent me one. But I guess I just sent it back because otherwise I'd still be using that because that was pretty cool. And you cleaned out your office, so. Yeah, I cleaned out my office. If it were there, it would. I would know about it. So that's the HP Omen uh, system in a cube, I guess. Oh, or you can just buy the cube. Oh, you can? Oh, yeah, 600 bucks for the empty cube. Oh. That's yeah. very expensive. It's expensive, and I know that the Voodoo <laughs> chassis was when they eventually sold it on its own, too. Absolutely true. Uh, but, you know, customizations and stuff. If you, want it, if you want another cube-shaped PC that's maybe smaller. Did you sneak a story? Hans Bricks? I guess I did. I must have left it out of the rundown. Uh, so here is the Gigabyte Bricks Gaming UHD. UHD is a 2.6 liter chassis, which is significantly smaller than the last computer we just looked at. Uh, Do you remember the Mac tissue paper dispenser? Yep. No. Does it kind of remind you of that? No, hey, that was in more cube. than one way. That's it was a cube, like in the product name, because it was the cube. Yeah. This is not this is cube. more like an elongated a- cube. Then we have this discussion. Come on, it's a elongated cube too. What yeah. do you call is this a 3D a prism shape, Ken? What's this? What's this called, Ken? It's a rectangular prism. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go again. <laughs> Damn it! It's a long cube, is what it is. Uh, oh, and so this is what I you got you. here. This is your fan. I don't know if it was intake or exhaust, but there's a fan underneath this, and then there's air drawn in on the sides, I think, and then it's blown down and out through the bottom of the chassis. It's a it's a full PC. It is uh, essentially a gigabyte bricks that they took and stretched vertically. They just like picked it up and made it a long cube. They hit the extrude button. And right. Drag, drag yeah, it that's what they did. They opened it up in, in a 3D rendering tool and just went, and then, they say, and, then <laughs> and then just like the magic of making did lenses. Did it make that sound when they did it? Yeah. Just like the magic of making uh, camera lenses, as they stretched it out, see. it automatically generated all the parts the spreadsheet. and connections. The spreadsheet just made it all work. what the thing would do. Yeah. yeah. And so that's how you came up with uh, three mini DisplayPort connections, one full-size HDMI 2.0. You have uh, 802.11ac. You've got four USB 3.0 ports, gigabit Ethernet, USB 3.1. There's your power button up top. It's actually – I don't know if the picture does it justice. It's actually a really good-looking device. Mm -hmm. Um, It's brushed brushed, uh, aluminum look. It's not actually aluminum, I don't think. I'm pretty sure it's just plastic. Uh, But it looks really good. You can see a a couple of pictures of the inside. And you can see there's two different kind of uh, quad, not quadrants, that would be there were four of them, two different sections. Uh, the GPU is here. Right now it has a GTX 950 in it, um, although when it goes on sale, I believe it will have a Pascal GPU in it of some kind. And then this is the uh, processor over here on this side. So um, pricing was originally stated to me at about $1,300, uh, but that was recanted. Uh, the next day, so either that means they were scared that it was thirteen hundred dollars and nobody liked that price, or that they're going to adjust the price accordingly. So that was pretty cool. That was one of the interesting things I saw at towards the end of. You know, it's kind of disappointing. And that's oh, if you can fit a desktop nine eighty in a notebook, why can't you put one in one of these? The heat sink in here is significantly smaller than the heat sink in a notebook. That doesn't I mean, seem to make look, much sense by volume. If you look at the picture. Right, this this is the heat sink here, and in its in its entirety, right? Like from here, it looks like a pretty large to heat here. 
Yeah. Well, no, but that's the difference between it and the trash can. Is the trash can was essentially an entire. Now, if heat only thing. they had put that cooler master. <laughs> now you're talking. I like it. I mean, it could also be that like the one single fan can't push enough air through yeah, it. Okay. The the laptops have more fans in it. I mean, it's an interesting question to have. Like, what is the thermal? Well, if we get like, one of these, we, we could take the heatsink off and have Lee do some like synthetic thermal testing on the cooler. It's itself. just like. How we see the bricks and machines like this, where yeah. they put in sort of mobile GPUs yeah. in the past, and like the dead Zotac box that we give away at QuakeCon. Just like now we have really powerful mobile GPUs that can fit in small form factors. Yep. Let's do it. Yep. Agreed. Uh, NVIDIA did officially announce a GeForce GTX 3 gigabyte card this how past m- week. How many shaders does it have? Uh, 128 fewer shaders. Than the six gig front. With I swore to that people at correct, IDF. Sir. I swore to people at IDF that that would not be the case. I said they'd be stupid. They'd be idiotic to release a card uh-huh. called the GTX 1060 uh-huh. and then change the core count on it. That would be dumb. Who would do such a thing? Uh-huh. Well, it turns uh, out I think Jensen would. The GTX, yeah, the GTX 1070 mobile that has more CUDA cores at lower clock speed in order to meet efficiency goals now. Has a you know they they're they're doing a similar thing here, but there's no power restrictions. There's no power reason to do it, right? Uh, 128 less CUDA cores in the three gig version. I think you guys talked about this last week, so I won't do too much of it. It was just rumors then, but now it's confirmed. But it literally is the same clock speeds, uh, the same memory bus width, same TDP of 120 watts, same six pin power connector. You just go from six gigs to three gigs, which would make sense. Mm-hmm. Except for you now have 1,152 quarter cores instead of 1,280. Uh, it will be a $199 uh, MSRP part, probably, maybe, someday. Um, and I mean, they're probably doing the core thing for binning, right? Like, they probably have some yeah, of these. Yeah, I'm sure that's what it is. They're making some of these chips, and it doesn't have just that many cores. So. The cynical way to look at it is like, oh, there's no need for 6 gigs uh, instead of 3 gigs. I mean, and so in order for there to be any performance delta to justify the $50 price point, Change. They did this on purpose, um, but, but they should have called a six six gig one the ten sixty ti. Yeah, uh, there, there was there's yeah. a way around this. Yeah, the other than at this. least it's not three and a half gigs. Well, for three and a half gigs, that's more than three. Mm, you know what I mean? I mean, you know, they could have advertised it for three and it'd be three and a half. That'd be great. Oh, I don't know. Um, so that is out. Apparently, it will have a hundred nine dollar price, one ninety nine price tag. No founders editions. Uh, through partner boards only, and I actually got notifications for several of, them, excuse me, several of them. Just to clear uh, it up, already. really, just to clear it up, uh, mm-hmm. changing that core count by that number should have no effect with, related to the three and a half slash four gig thing of the past. No, right? no, no, no. It's not the same. The memory is the memory not attached is still to its core own. count. It's it, attached yeah. to other other. I just wanted to clarify that for because I'm sure yeah. it'll come up and people will think that or something. A uh, quick update to our uh, Patreon, Edsel Malzig. Oh, Malisig edited their pledge from three dollars to ten dollars. That almost got real funny. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so thank you very much, Edsel. We appreciate that. Um, moving on to our next stories. These will be quick. Asus ROG GX eight hundred four K G Sync gaming laptop. Jeremy, how many of these are you going to buy? Uh, all of them because I need dual G or dual GTX ten eighty desktops in my uh-huh. laptop. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah, like, look at that you know, keyboard. LED. Uh, I'm assuming it's uh, a kale or a Water cherry, cool. but they refer to it as a ta- mechanical tactile advanced gaming keyboard. 
Okay. Or Mechtag. I don't know who's proprietary. So not uh, real switches. Branding like there. Yeah, so they yeah, might they. be just rebranded switches. They might not be. But uh, either way, you're looking at a, a laptop that Lord only knows how weighs how much. It's 18 inches. It's got a 4K display, two desktop 1080s in it. And the dock, as you're looking at right there, it's not just a big butt. That's a water cooler. And yeah. I'm very disappointed that they decided to call it the uh, Republic Gamers exclusive hydro overclocking system. Mm. When, when they could have figured out something that fits sphincter. No. Because I'm pretty much guessing there is a plug that you sit oh, yeah. in and the water cooler is there. And when you're mobile, there is no water. There is no leak because there's a little O-ring. But when you... Insert it into the dock. This is why you're not in marketing, Jeremy. I think. I think yeah, maybe you might be this right. is this but is people the would buy that, wouldn't they? I would not buy a, a sphincter-based laptop. I might. <laughs> uh, that makes sense. Actually, S P H I N K T R. Come on, like we could market. Yeah, this. yeah. That's the name of my. But on the other up. hand, <laughs> if, if you're looking for something that doesn't take up much space, and you want, yeah, a significant amount of monitors, and you don't plan on carrying it around very long. It's actually a nice little small form factor to plug it into yeah. and just go nuts with. It's, it's basically has and occasionally take it around to show off for the five minutes. The battery's going to last, right? I mean, it essentially has quick disconnects on the back, so when when you pull it away from the dock, uh, the water inside stays inside, and you know you just it just uses it as a as a standard kind of a heat pipe based cooler. And when you get home, plug it in, it will start to circulate, circulate the water and use it that way. And I think when you have it home and you're, and you're plugged into that dock, it's actually going to do automatic, like higher-end overclocking. God, I hope so. Otherwise, what the hell's the All point right. of well, doing Well, hydro it? overclocking system, one yeah. would assume. That, yeah. yeah. Okay. And, uh, it'll probably require a 11 and Firestrike Ultra, the GX800 equipped hydro overclocking system scored 76 higher than the other gaming laptops in the market. I don't. Great. That's, that's the worst. Totally meaningful. Meaningful. That's the worst. Uh, worst uh, uh, explanation of a performance metric ever. Oh, it's SLI scaling. Yeah, the second GPU dumped in an extra 76 percent. At least this is two SLI, two 1080s and SLI on a 4K screen as opposed to like a 1080 screen, which I have seen mm-hmm. uh, listed a couple times. Really? So is yeah. it the 1080 120 hertz? I God, I hope I, so. I see, <laughs> but even then, that's still too much. It does because there G-Sync. still isn't an 18 inch 4 4K G Sync display for laptops, is there? Oh, and, and the one other thing that I forgot to mention, which actually does give us a bit of a usage, it's set up specifically for VR. Wow! So you can plug the headset in, and away you go. So you can take this to show your friends off VR. Sure. So it has a not ridiculous HDMI fashion. port. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, and two USB. Yep. At the same time, hey, yep. it beats hauling around the backpack system or your land Maybe. party, right? Maybe. I hear backpacks are in. <laughs> uh, we haven't seen it yet. Global Foundries is apparently going to skip 10 nanometer and jump to 7 nanometer. Josh, do we care? <laughs> Josh. <laughs> Oh, come on, get excited. <clears throat> He's not muted. He's just not talking. Jo- Josh, <laughs> what happened? I went pink. <laughs> <laughs> We've gone plus. Is that some silicon on your pocket, or are you just excited to talk about this? Mm, no. Um, you know, we've, we've discussed this before. Okay. We'll do it quickly. These numbers are 
marketing. Who the hell knows what Global Foundries is actually doing? Okay. Is their 7 nanometer going to be comparable to what Intel considers 7 nanometer here in two, three years? Mm -hmm. Or is it going to be more akin to Intel's 10 nanometer? Uh, How is Samsung's 10 nanometer going to compare? I, you know, I I know a guy in the industry, and uh, if you're going to be going 7 nanometer, I mean, true 7 nanometer. Features that are that actual size, you're going to need to have EUV litho. And so far, there's essentially, I think, 10 installations or so of EUV, 100-watt EUV products around the world. And if they're hoping to skip to 7 nanometer, they're, as far as I know, Global Foundries does not have an EUV mm-hmm. machine in their foundries. Isn't, isn't to some extent, like I thought something about Intel's previous, like when they hit whatever their lowest nanometer is on their litho, like it wasn't necessarily the feature size. It was like an effective feature size or well, something. Yeah. yeah Cause Just you know, like 22 I mean, nanometer, uh, Intel was actually their smallest stuff was like 26 nanometer. They're right? measuring the, the, like, the distance between, uh, uh, like FinFET peaks, right? No, that was at 14. Um, yeah, strangely, yeah. they yeah. brag about how small their things are, not how yeah. big they're. Yeah, but I thought yeah. as they got smaller, it was more of like an effective. It's more marketing now. Yeah, it is like really it's, truly marketing. Like it's not truly like the feature mm-hmm. size is going to be seven nanometers. Like it was because sixteen nanometer TSMC is actually more of a twenty nanometer metal. Yeah, layer product. Right. It's, so it's so when we're talking seven nanometer here, we're talking effectively. Sorta. See, that's that's the problem. Is is that we don't have actual feature size numbers. It can't you just like get a microscope out or a magnifying glass? Oh yeah, because light really focuses well. I have a micrometer. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well you're halfway. (laughs) Do you have a nanometer? (laughs) I did. I mean, if you you go real slow, electron microscope in the new church by chance. I'm going to pray real hard and see if one shows up. So X-ray diffraction. So a functional transistor made out of seven atoms measured four nanometers in length. So you're talking, you're getting pretty low on the whole, you know, you're talking like what? Ten atoms across on a feature if you're doing seven nanometers? Like that's... You only need one atom. Just needs to be on or off. I guess. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's it's you know it 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 is entirely marketing. It really is. Right. It's it it has no look at that relevance to physics. It's just what about the parking lot? What about that is like a, a nice there's like a convertible lot. Toyota Solara right there. Okay, Ooh. why would anybody New York. buy one of those? That is nice. Yeah, I I you know I don't have a good answer for this. Okay. We don't know any of the the basics of it. They say, hey, we're gonna go skip ten nanometer. We're gonna go to seven. Well, how how in the hell are you going to do that? <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, let's... Uh, hey, Ken. Yes. Print me out a shroud. Asus introduces 3D printed parts for their notebooks. I'm sorry, their motherboards, GPUs, and peripherals. Jeremy, what the hell? Well, I mean, we do know a guy in the industry, right? I don't. But uh, literally, uh, Asus... Started this off. You guys might have seen it uh, at CES with their 
Uh, was it the saber tooth? Uh, yes, that motherboard model. Uh, yeah, this one right here. Yeah. So it had uh, a couple of little screw holes that literally were labeled 3D print. And so <laughs> in this that, case, that's the Z170 Aura RGB. Oh, okay. or that's it. It's the Aura. It's not the uh, yeah. Yeah. If picture. you click through to the ASUS link, there's that you can see that board with the holes on it. Yeah, at this point, I can't keep track of my Z170s. They're just yep, understood. So any of them. But so, boom, you can print out a nice little extra fan shroud to mount directly on your board. So this is Asus is providing the models? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, they through OpenCAD, so just about anyone can grab them. So you can get this... Uh, uh, Embellishments. <laughs> yes. Let me embellish my motherboard. It, it's um, sort of like a belly piercing, but... So, uh, you can't really see it print. very well from here, but Ken did print us out. This is a um, a shroud for an SLI bridge. Is that right? Yeah. Yep. Uh, and it's basically... Yeah, they have the bridge uh, on that page. Is it on this page? Yeah. Scroll down, scroll scrolling, down. Scrolling. This, oh, this enormous thing here. So it's this printed in semi-translucent orange, and then we've uh, Ken replaced the ROG logo with the PC Perspective logo at an angle, mind you. Very well done. Yeah. Uh, and now I will absolutely positively definitely use this on all of my SLI connections <laughs> going forward. I mean, it's a, it's uh, a really cool idea. Like I don't, I mean, the number of people that have 3d printers or access 3d printers at this point is still small. It's a growing well, audience. But that's the funny thing. Yeah. They've partnered with Shapeways. Oh, they didn't so even Shapeways really is an online 3d printing shop where you throw them a couple of bucks and the next thing you know, Oh, They've printed yeah. it for you and shipped it to and you. And there's also 3D hubs where people with local desktop 3D printers will also true will quote sort of your bid and then print the object and either you can yeah. pick, go pick it up or they'll ship it to you. It's so like 80 cents. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, because um, you're providing them with the CAD design. They don't have to do anything sure. uh, unless you know you want to put your logo on it. Can I print LEDs yet? Not no. quite. Well. Not quite, but you can print LED mounts. I still think this is cool. Like, yeah. I don't... If, if you scroll up, they actually have a couple of functional prints. Like, they have a yeah. M.2, or like that... 24 pin cable comb. Yeah. And then if you scroll up, there's a 40mm uh, uh, fan mount absolutely for useless slot. for me. The cable the comb. comb. Yeah. yeah. The yeah. comb, yeah. Oh, okay. So you buy a 40mm fan... It mounts uh, here inside this section, and it yeah, screws yeah. into the. Okay, so essentially, you screw in headers to your case through the board. Uh, and the exact same headers that your M.2 uh, SSD is going to use. Oh, okay. They're yeah. doing cool so stuff. I mean, that's that's pretty cool. I mean, yeah. that's 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 what we like to see, right? Uh, it, first in the business too. Uh, this is awesome, not just for us that like to sort of play around with our stuff, but for like Mori that wants to do a huge right. case mod, right? Well, hey, the motherboard comes with mounting points for 3D printed stuff. and If you don't like the colors of the license. shrouds, in theory, you can you know, Off they 3D come. print your own at whatever colors you want. We can get glow in the dark. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, that's that's pretty cool. Oh, no, it is pretty them. neat. Yeah. Very cool. Um, oh, wait. I did that one. How about it's time for picks of the week? How about it? How about it? Um, let's see. Mine is. This little guy, right, y'all, the ThinkPad X1 Yoga. And you might say, Ryan, that laptop's been out for a while. Mm-hmm. And I would say, hey, Ryan, shut up. That yeah. laptop's been out for a while. Shut up. <laughs> uh, what this is now, and we just got this in what, last week, week before, uh, this is, and I don't know how this is going to show up on video. Not very well. 
This is the OLED screen version. Wow, what? that's pretty. That is dark. Even oh, even yeah. on this dark, in dark, the video, dark, dark, is that dark. still working? Well? Yeah. So Damn, that is. Uh, we saw this at CES, mm-hmm. right? So it's been a long time since we've seen it. It's been eight months since we saw it, and they're finally releasing uh, the first laptop with the OLED screen. It's twenty five sixty by fourteen forty. I think I don't know if I read this on the website right, but they might have a four K screen with OLED. I don't think so. Mm, with optional OLED technology, no two K twenty five sixty by fourteen forty. Um, That's still pretty nice for that size of screen. It is. It's it's good. It's, it's in, actually, in fact, it might even be a little too high for a thirteen inch screen. Um, is it thirteen or fourteen? It might be fourteen. Yeah. The the like for instance, and again, this is really hard to tell on a thing like it's all black screen and a black taskbar, and then the Windows icon is bright white. And Alan, you can see like if you look at that. Like the icon versus the background, oh, that's just true. down here, it is right? Super, super it's just bright. like super. Like the contrast yeah. is is tremendous, right? Even on my craptacular LCD screen, yeah, I could see that difference. That that is <laughs> black. It actually comes across on the camera pretty well. Yeah, it looks. Does it? Nice. It looks very, very yeah. black. Far uh, yeah. blacker than your shirt and your heart. Oh. That's good, I guess. Yeah. And I mean, you got to pick the the right picture for it, right? So you got to get the, the the black background with the the very colorful fish. Now there are some downsides to the OLED. It uses more power on whites, like light colors. Um, uh, but if you have all black, it actually using very little Less. power, right? Uh, and obviously, the advantage in image quality and contrast is tremendous, right? If you have a phone with an OLED screen, you know immediately what we're talking about. They do ship that OLED version with a slightly larger battery by a couple watt hours. To try to offset some of the power consumption yeah. differences. I'll it's, be curious there's, to see. There's still a difference in their quoted numbers, but they do put a large battery in it. To okay. To try to, try to to try do its best to balance it out. Yeah. Yep. It's 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 really impressive. We just got it in, so we haven't, don't have a review of anything yet. But uh, if you want a, a Lenovo ThinkPad laptop, which are very good laptops, and you just want like the prettiest screen you can buy today, uh, that is going to be at the top of the list. So. Uh, screen that I've ever seen. OLED. All right, uh, Jeremy, you're next. Which which link here do I want? Both of them. Uh, well, the first one is actually the guy that figured it out. Paul throughout. Okay. Or, or not him. Uh, it was one of his co-associates. Uh, co-associates. Well, sorry, Prad Samps actually gotcha. posted it to throughout.com. Right. It's the fix for what's been plaguing Josh. For the last two weeks, hepatitis would be plaguing me today after the adversary <laughs> update. VD. Adversary <laughs> update. Adversary. <laughs> uh, that's a good name. Came to me today, and I'm going with it. Yeah. Uh, so what are we looking at? So we're looking at a registry flag that fixes the YUI2 only bug. That has been destroying webcams so across stupid. the planet. It's not a bug. Wastes. No, it's a, it's feature. a feature. Yeah, it's a feature. It's intended and functionality. To be honest, the, the idea behind it to prevent uh, lag because of background noise or because of back signal makes a bit of sense. Just check to see how many people are actually using that before you switch to YUI two. Future proofing. Yeah, just wait. I'm sure none of those using. people are using those cameras anymore anyway. Just push no, the none update. of us are. I mean, it's not like the only webcams that can negotiate to HD on Skype use <laughs> H.264 encoding instead of YUI2. <laughs> well, that would be crazy. But how would Microsoft know what Skype does? 
Uh, it's it's just silly to think that they or, know. Or how would they but, know what it does with the second in the list of their recommended webcams to use for what's, Skype? Yeah, what's the first on their one? own? It's like some HP webcam or something. Yeah, it's... but C920 is the second in the list. It's a list of like forty <laughs> webcams. It's the second one, and it's probably and the most common one out popularity. there. Popularity. Yeah, because I think the HP one's a built-in one. All right. To be perfectly honest, so this is a registry fix. Uh, if you're on a 64-bit, you can be, you can skip the WoW 64 path. You only need to fix the first registry edit. Right. But uh, yeah, fix them both. Why not? And they do have to be D words, not Q words. It, it's tempting when you're on a 64-bit system to say, "Well, didn't we get rid of D words?" No, D word. No, it's a D word. It's not a Q word. And hey, look, my camera works. Josh's camera works. Yeah. Can we go back Don't to wait it until September working? for the fix? Just <laughs> bloody well do it. All right. Uh, Josh, what do you got? Me. Uh, <clears throat> so I'd like to have a lot of games loaded up on my machine uh, just because I'm lazy. And uh, yep. yeah, I'm lazy. And uh, I can't afford a multi terabyte SSD. Okay. And so I saw this. And I bought this last year for about 200 bucks, maybe 180 it's a four terabyte Toshiba, seventy two hundred RPM, one hundred twenty eight megs of cash. It's pretty quick. I paid and, more than uh, that for a ten gig drive, man. What's that? I paid more than that for a no. I paid more than that sure for a one gig did. drive. You got hosed. Oh, my first four gig a? drive was two hundred and forty bucks. Oh, yeah, I think I bought a one gig drive for about one sixty. Yeah, but anyway, yeah. for a hundred nineteen, well, one hundred twenty bucks. For four terabytes, a pretty solid performance. It's pretty good. That's a nice deal. It's it's not. Is that less than ten cents a gig? Uh, just <laughs> a little. Just curious uh, if so anyway, got I've down been there. using that this was, that, game that drive. Is Latency is not bad. Throughput is good. It's a good little drive for not a whole lot of money, especially if you like having a ton of games on your computer. What No Man's Sky is not that big, but. I saw Three you playing. Ali is something like 40 freaking gigs. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. 40 gigs. 40 I have, gigs I use a 500 game. terabyte, a 500 terabyte, 500 gigabyte SSD. 500 terabyte SSD. <laughs> I use a 500 gigabyte SSD you got for, for games. 10 cents and game? I, and I have to, and I, this is only for like benchmarks. I'm only keeping like what I think are the most relevant tests that I need to have on hand all the time. And I still am swapping games back and forth. That's really stupid. Um, all right, last, Alan. Speaking of terabytes, uh, so a few weeks back, we reviewed the 10-terabyte uh, Barracuda Pro. We did. Right? But uh, this guy right here. it was hard to find them on Amazon. But if you look on Amazon right now, which is the second link in the, oh, let me in the thing, uh, there's uh, Seagate has their whole line available uh, on Amazon for purchase. Uh, Barracuda Pro is a little bit pricey, I will say. Uh, but what about the Iron Wolf? But the but the Iron Wolf, which is their NAS drive, the and if Iron you're Wolf. and if you're buying ten terabyte drives for stuff, you're probably buying them for a NAS. And I would definitely say get the Iron Wolf. What did, if you did didn't? Old Spice what? name that by chance? What if you just bought one ten terabyte drive for your OS drive and all your games? <laughs> it's just a well. If just it fails, it. I don't need an SSD. I just want ten terabytes on one SATA connection. Well, you got no redundancy. And uh, yeah, what could go wrong? You know, I mean, so these are helium filled drives, but they are Seagate's first like stab at helium filled drives. Yeah. I mean, it's helium. What do you got to do? And, like, and while I will say that put HD, in helium sealed drive done, the, the HGST helium drives have have had like vastly superior reliability numbers compared to everybody sure. else's drives. Sure. But that doesn't mean that these helium filled drives will do the same. Right. So, yeah, that doesn't mean they won't. And uh, by the way, uh, please do not 
buy eight or ten terabyte archive drives for oh, your no, NAS that's just dumb. that do shingled magnetic recording, the SMR drives, no. do not. First of all, no. first of all, they don't employ uh, time limited error recovery. So if you clutter, T L E R. So it's like it's said. as if you, it's it's like not using Western Digital Reds for a NAS. <gasps> It's like using desktop regular drives for a NAS. Okay. So you could end up with a scenario where you have a bad sector on two separate drives, but one drive fails, and your rebuild causes the second drive to fail. And you're really out. burying the lead here, bro. It, it, what do you mean? There's a more important detail that you're getting to. The shingle thing, the performance yes. just is just they horrible. Can, they can only really write sequentially. Well, they, they write. Yeah, it's, they just it's, write randomly, very poorly. It's, it's tape essentially. It, 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 yeah. I mean, no, it's not that bad. It's like a few tapes. It's not like one tape. It doesn't yeah. have to go. It's like, raid tapes. It's, it's fine. Uh, yeah. Raid it's, in a do, array of independent tapes. Yeah. It's rate. It's rate. <laughs> yeah. Hey, don't make fun of Bonnie. Uh, Actually, uh, E-Technics anyway. uh, the way, benchmarked one of those. Yeah. So, so uh, Which I did link to earlier in the week. Benchmarked right, to watch the, um, the Skyhawk. The, oh, the Skyhawk. Yeah, the Skyhawk. Not the Iron Wolf. Not the Iron Wolf. Not the Iron Wolf. So the Skyhawk was name. like the enterprise drive, right? Well, it was from like them? the... Uh, it was like 10 bucks in stock. Order all of them now. Oh, it's the surveillance drive. Oh, yeah, oh that was the surveillance it's for one. It's video, yeah. so it's hey, can't for you tell by the name Skyhawk? and very little reads. So we have a sample of that. I haven't published a review yet because the, the only way to properly test that is to hit it with a very specific workload. Yeah, you have no, to hit you it with write everything and then read occasionally. Well, no, but it's the way you have to do the writes. You have to do multiple sequential writes. All right, what is it? In 64 parallel. sequential camera reads. Yeah, it's rated no. to handle 64 sequential streams. That sounds yeah. like something in, you could probably emulate pretty easily. It's yeah, harder 64 than 64 HD recording simultaneously. Because most most software that's available, if you just tell it so, to do 64 Ryan, sequential streams at the same time, they will start all of them from zero at the same time. So if anyone wants to visit the new the PC app. per church, oh, well, there will be 64 HD yeah. cameras around That's the area. Right. Well, let's get... Not for surveillance. Get Seagate no. to sponsor a 64 yeah. camera setup for the office. External cameras. And you want to put them all into yeah. just one drive? One hard drive. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's well, what the benchmark is. Okay. It'll be 320 it's by Jimmy Stewart would want. By the way, the yeah. Seagate 10 terabyte Iron Wolf uh, at $448 is 4.4 cents per gig. Which is on the high side compared to, I think you can get an 8 terabyte Western Digital for 300 bucks. You can get a 4 terabyte Toshiba for what, 120? With 300 uh, divided by 8. 000. I mean, you're going for a large capacity in a like potentially small NAS like that only has two bays or something, or four bays, right? Some people want a lot of storage in their. Some people are nuts. in in their NAS for sure. not that many bays. Some people need to stop pirating stuff. Anyway, quite quite some people need to go get an uh, ice right. cream sandwich. <laughs> before, uh, before we end the show, two more Patreon bumps we got here. Put a sock in it, which is appropriate. Edited their pledge to three ninety nine. Josh. Meaningful silence. <laughs> I'm still thinking about the uh, strong bad and uh, ice cream sandwich. Ah, uh, and then Victor Suarez uh, bumped their pledge from three bucks to five dollars. So thank you nice. to uh, Victor Suarez and put a sock Cheers, in. Mate. So thank you to everybody who uh, contributed to the Patreon campaign today. We definitely appreciate it. That is going to be it for the show. Uh, we'll be back. Next Wednesday, 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern. Again, pcpro.com slash subscribe if you want to go sign up for our notifications list. Uh, or you can just follow me on Twitter or follow at PCPro on Twitter. By the way, at PCPro got verified. 
Sweet. But you didn't? Ooh-hoo. I didn't. You didn't yet. You're not important. So. PC Perez. But that's really who – who it has twice as many followers as I do. So oh, it's sure. true, right? And whatever. Um, and so I've immediately been followed by more porn ladies than you can imagine. Because you're verified? On the, oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What does that have to do oh, with – Oh, you well, lucky, like when you, when you get a verified account, boy. you get put into a different list. Oh. Right? And now, now you're you get You get put into the porn You get recognized uh, at uh, burger places. Your name oh. gets thrown around at golf tournaments with old ladies. It's, oh wait! It's weird. So, do you get access to the verified only Twitter app now? Yeah, nice. Yeah. Um, huh. So I got that. So there's that. Anyway, uh, pcper.com slash live. pcper.com slash podcast is the URL you should go to if you want to find other episodes, uh, find ways to subscribe to your RSS catcher or the video feed or just YouTube links. There, it's all there. Uh, we really appreciate everybody supporting us. Uh, and be prepared for a whole bunch of weird crap to happen as we try to get the new office ready. We're going to do – I was actually going to do one today where i just going to have Alan hold an iPhone and walk around the new place oh. and like say, here's where we're at here, day one. Because we did that with this building. We did, remember? Yeah. We did. Like, I remember – actually, I looked up the first video we did it's where like we November, walked in. Probably. They had painted already. But there was no carpet down, and the ceiling yeah. was still all jacked up and stuff. When we were talking about it, and you know that's where we got cool videos like the gluing the. I've got a camera switch uh, to the. I've the got a camera that wood. we can that does like you know every however many second time lapse, so we could just put in the corner of that big room and just leave there but while we're doing stuff. When, when when we like move in, we'll do that. We did that here as well. Yeah. Did we? I could just put it there and so. we could forget I don't know, about it. Because we at least did that with this. When we moved in the here, set. we didn't have very much stuff. I don't know. We'll talk about it after the end of the show. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, oh, you don't stream it. You, you uh, capture it and then play it back yeah. very fast. With yeah, yeah, yeah. We just go to the exit because what? I'm about to explode. Okay. Oh. Bye, everybody. See you next week. Bye. 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 I'm Josh Walrath. I'm Ryan Shrout. Go pee, Josh. I'm Jeremy Helsham. I'm Alan. Bye. Thank you. Yeah. Bye. Good night. Mm-hmm. If you enjoyed this content, consider supporting in-depth technical content by contributing at patreon.com slash pcper.